This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we are recording for the second time this evening, because our first record of this podcast did not record anything at all. And so, it was perfect. So we recorded 40 yeah. minutes of silence. This isn't the best podcast in the world. This is just a tribute. <laughs> and yeah, I'm your host, Chris Simpson. That was Cara Thistlethwaite. Hi, Carl. That me? Yeah, I am Cara Thistlethwaite. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, you look like that. <laughs> it's been a long night <laughs> and we are looking back now on another season that's gone by two back-to-back wins for Newcastle to finish off I mean man that was a bit of a butt clencher wasn't it you were like 100% certain you were going to be relegated for 92% of that season and yep I went down to the 2% and as always I'm happy to be proved wrong which happens a lot because I'm often wrong. And your man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Newcastle won at Sheffield United nil. Felt like you could have probably done a bit better with that one, you know, with the fans back. So you had 10,000 fans back at St. James's Park. You know, considering the form you that Newcastle have been in, it would have been really nice for the fans and I think for the squad to have been able to put on a bit of a show because... You know, Sheffield, not that they've played necessarily abysmally this season. I mean, they've not been good. Neither of you. Uh, but the, the, They're bottom with wealth. It's, somehow. 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 We'll, get, we'll get on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, she did win a game without Callum Wilson. Again, another shame for Wilson. He would have had a great reception from the fans. However, Joe Willock, go on, Statman. Yeah, well, obviously... The winning goal against Sheffield United and then the opening goal against Fulham in the 2-0 win on Sunday, which means he's ended up scoring in seven consecutive games to finish the season. And in terms of Newcastle, he's the only other player to do that for us in the Premier League since Alan Shearer in 1996. So it just puts it in perspective just how great an achievement that is. And for someone so young, only 21, what a half season he's had. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I think he's got quite a lot of grounds to feel frustrated for a lot of this season, not being able to start, not for lack of fitness, but just not being started, not being played or put on the pitch a lot. So whenever he has come on, he has made a, a significant effort to do the best he can. Bruce and, was, he was slow to actually make him a starter, wasn't he? And I don't know why. He's He's got pace, he's got the legs, and he's got the... Ability drive and drive, yeah, and it would have been forward. it would have been really yeah. useful for Sam Maximum in those early well, middle the early middle stages when you were bad for <laughs> Sam Maximum to have an, another player who he could rely on being there. And again, yeah, the frustration he played for how many games? Fourteen games out of the whole season and eight goals. I mean, uh, and and night and all of them, all of them, pretty much in the in the latter half where where he came on for you as an excellent latter half of the season when you were good. Uh, well, we only had him on on loan from January. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I get that, but he didn't really. Play he didn't that do anything. He, he, he wasn't given a chance at Arsenal. Really. Frustrated that when he did play, when Newcastle were in that bit of a slump in the middle, saying bit off in the slump in the middle, he didn't really have a huge amount to play off. And then when when the team clicked, it was it was really impressive to see. I don't think he'll get into the England squad, but personally, I think he should be in there this summer. Yeah, tin hat. We all know why. He plays for Newcastle. Yeah, and that's, I mean, honestly, aside from Danny Rose, who was on loan from Tottenham, I can't remember the last time Newcastle had a player in the England squad. It's not going to happen. It, it doesn't matter on how well they've played, really. It's who they play for. And unfortunately, that seems to be the, the type of game that we are witnessing now. I mean, Harvey Barnes last season really did a lot better than a lot of the other players who were called up for England. Yes, he didn't score as many goals, but he was still way more impactful than 90% of the midfielders that got called up. Grealish took a long time to get into the squad. It does seem like a lot of favouritism. And yeah, maybe I'm bitter about it, but you know, <laughs> I'm also quite happy that Leicester players, for instance, are not being called up and not being um, burnt up in the internationals, you know, gives them a bit of a rest for me. But it is depressing because I do feel that some of the national teams are becoming a bit stagnated with the glut from these big expensive clubs when there are other players who have shown how much they want to play. And I think it would be a lot more exciting. It would be much more exciting England to have these young, enthusiastic players like Willock going all out and busting a gut for their country. You know, maybe that's me being old and bitter but I think it would be more interesting look he he has a massive England future I hope I but really it's not going to be it's not going to be this summer because he's played at Newcastle yeah whether next season he plays at Newcastle is another matter I again I'd, I mean that'd be probably one of the best bits of business we could do this summer Arteta says he's not going to be sold Bruce said Newcastle are going to try and test Arsenal's resolve but how seriously they're going to do that is anyone's guess. Because I mean, come on, actually, ain't going to put the last money down, is he? <laughs> a player of Willock's potential and age, you're probably looking at least thirty million. Is Mike Ashley going to stump that up? Especially after Jolinton, who I I do think has really picked up, and we'll talk about that later. But especially after paying all that amount amount of money for Jolinton, and then it not actually being seen as a proper investment for a long time. It's Mike, almost like they should have chosen the player better when they were going to spend £40 million Maybe, maybe. I'm pretty sure Raf Benitez warned them against something. Uh, Chris, but, this, is all, this is all a conspiracy about what you're on about. <laughs> um, but it is a shame that Arteta isn't willing to sell him. I just don't, I don't want to see Willock stagnate at that club, not be played, not be trusted, not get the starts when he would for a club. And I'm going to say it's an in inverted commas, but you can't seem to do it as... Um, in a club at a lower level than Arsenal. That's the thing in Newcastle. We we could build a team around him. We could actually make him the absolute star of the show, which he, as good as he is, I'm not sure he'll ever necessarily be at Arsenal because I'm not sure they'll ever give him that, that much of a yeah. chance. Yeah, um, Because they've got all these big money players. And also the thing is, <laughs> I mean, he, he actually sent a tweet today saying goodbye to the fans. So, Maybe that's an indication of where his head's at in terms of that he's, he's not going to be coming back. And, of course, he's probably had a conversation with Mikel Arteta mm-hmm. as well. But you never know. We'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. And 
hopefully maybe you know the the fans getting to cheer him on on Wednesday at St James's Park. I mean, if nothing else, at least he had that moment and and got to feel some of our appreciation for what he's done for us. He's been a huge over the last a, few months. He's been a huge reason why he's done that. Even if he never plays for us, I'll always be grateful for this period and and the effort, the commitment he's shown. Uh, on and off the pitch, because I've been yeah. very impressed with him at press conferences. He's been very articulate. And the way he speaks, he speaks as if he has played for Newcastle for a long time. And he's showing that the type of loyalty that, not saying that I wouldn't expect it from, from a loanee, but the type of loyalty that seems quite mature. Mm. He clearly yeah. does appreciate what the club and the city and the fans um, have done for him. And he's shown... He's shown that appreciation on the pitch. I just don't want to see him stay mate, like we've seen many players do, you know, especially for, for Chelsea. I mean, they must own everyone at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't want to see him get swallowed up because he's too good after. I don't want to let him go to anyone else, but they also don't want to play him. And I think if we don't manage to either get him back on loan or sign him on a permanent transfer, they're definitely one of the areas we need to be looking to strengthen this summer is another goal scoring slash creative midfielder who can really add a bit more threat from those areas, who adds that bit of drive and desire to get into the box because we just don't really have another player like Joe Willock. I mean, we've got John Joe Shelby who'll sort of sit back and spray oh some passes God, around and yeah. doesn't really do any well, running. Well, you need City to replace Shelby, man. And we've, <laughs> and we've got Isaac Hayden, obviously, who was a more defensive player and I think we could probably do with a bit of cover for him as well. Same with Richie, but he, again, he's more of a winger. And Sun Maximum's great. He's injury prone, as we've as we've noticed, and he can't do everything on his own. Yeah, we're we're going to need another attacker as well because we're too reliant on Callum Wilson and Sir Maxman, both of whom, yeah. as we yeah exactly, both of them. You can't necessarily rely on them to be fit, and we know that Joe Winton, we know that Andy Carroll just cannot fill that void. Plain and simple. I'm so, hoping that Joe Linton picks it up. For next season, I mean, but we, yeah, me too. But we, we can't hope, rely on it. We, it? we have, we have to sign another striker. Mm. No ifs or and or ands or buts. We have to sign another striker. It does sound like you're going to get Hamza Chowdhury, who will be a good defensive midfield. Might even take the role of, of Shelby, to be honest. At the end, we've certainly been linked with that. him, and he, he's not a guaranteed starter at Leicester. So I could see him potentially wanting to move on. I mean, I really need him to play for you because I love it when he goes in for a massively, ridiculously hard challenge. <laughs> Um, I do feel that Shelby's not got enough red cards this season, so I'm hoping Chowdhury step up to that plate. So he is a great player. I do like him. <laughs> and in terms of defence, uh, just a little bit of solid business from Newcastle, just extending Paul Dumont's contract by one year, or rather activating the one-year extension that was already present in the contract. So just keep him around, give him more of a chance just to prove his fitness, because I think he has been a solid Reliable player for Newcastle over the years. I mean, the was, this season. I've heard a lot of things last season from him from you about man, what a waste of space it is. But <laughs> we had this in the first podcast, listeners. It's literally, true. it's I'm being I'm being stitched up here. I'm being stitched up. But all right, season review then. Go on. Yeah, so I guess we we have to just start with where Newcastle finished in the table and, and how our record compared to last year. It's been huge progress. We got it's one, so immense. We got one more point and <laughs> we finished one place higher. So that, we, that is we got 45 points and we finished in 12th. Uh, in terms of win-loss draw, 
fairly similar to last year. Obviously, we literally only had one point difference. Now, one thing, obviously, that was nice to see was that we did actually score a few more goals this season. We've got 46 compared with last year's pretty shocking 38. That was bad. But it does also show the impact that Callum Wilson's had. I know it's not all Callum Wilson. You have had goals from and Joe here, Willard, there and everywhere. Yeah, but the impact of that signing and obviously Sam Maxman when he's been fit and Joe Willock, as you said. But, I mean, your goals against. Yeah, 62 goals conceded. I mean, you thought last year was bad with 58. 62 conceded. But I don't even understand why. Your your defence, yes, I know Lascelles has been injured and there's been moments when Shah has been, has been injured. But, you know, you're still playing with the main defence that you've had for two, three seasons. No one's really changed. It's not been like a Leicester where you've literally lost four of your midfielders Sorry, your, your defenders, and then you've had to replace them and mix and match with no Soyuncu, no uh, Morgan, no Evans, no uh, Ricardo, James Justin being injured, Castagna being injured, and you mix and match with new players. This is a consistent, roughly consistent back four. Lestels hasn't been injured for that long, and it was pretty much right at the end of your bad period, and then for the rest of your good period, which sounds bad for Lestels. Um, but we all know he's an excellent player and it's been a, a right shame for him again not being able to play in front of the fans uh, for, for the latter part of this season but yeah what happened because they can all play well I think we know what happened and I think the answer is Steve Bruce happened because I'm not trying to have a massive dig at him well we'll get to that <laughs> oh yeah you will don't worry it's, it's coming but <laughs> we know as you said, it, it's largely the same defence that Rafa Benitez had to work with. He organised that defence. We were so defensively solid under him for the players that we had. And I actually associate Newcastle with having a good defence. In recent years, obviously, I, I know pre- in previous seasons, in the 90s especially, you scored more than you let in. And your defence was still bad. <laughs> um, but that's a Newcastle of old, which we haven't seen for a very long time. But I do associate Newcastle with... Being pretty much unorganised everywhere else, but actually being really difficult to score against. And you've got a good goalkeepers. I know Debravka was injured. But... We've always had good goalkeepers. Yeah, you have, yeah. But they can't do everything. As I said, it's Steve Bruce. The man can't organise a defence. And it's going to cost us because if we keep conceding 60-plus goals a season, you're going to go down sooner rather than later. I mean, we very nearly did this season, if not for the late rally at the end, which we'll get on to. I mean, it is your worst defensive record since you went down in 2016 where you only conceded three more goals than Ex- we did this season. Exactly. I mean, that says a lot for the competitiveness, I think, of, of the Premier League this season especially. It has been a bit of an odd one for all teams. But despite that, you cannot say that this has been an improved season. You've been you scraped it yeah. right at the last well, second. As we've, as we've repeatedly said, and as I'm sure we'll say again, you scraped that barrel at the last second. Yeah, and just to reflect just on Newcastle's approach and style of play. I mean... They, they have an approach and style of play? Well, no, and that's the problem. <laughs> well, our approach is to not approach the opposition and to just roll over and let them play. Mm. And it, oh, it's all well and good having no possession against Man City. That's to be expected. Yeah. Basically, everyone tries to do that against them with varying degrees of success or failure, is is often the case. But... It, that's fine. 
I don't expect us to go out and dominate Manchester City. No one does. No Newcastle fan expects that. But when teams like Sheffield United are having the run of the park against us because we're too timid to go out and play yeah. against them, when when Brighton and all these other teams, it's it's depressing. It is. And it's not effective either, as no. we've seen, because as we'll get on to, that dreadful run in the middle of the season. <laughs> and for the vast majority of it, we were just playing like this timid team of nobodies who were too scared to do anything. There's no organisation. There was no passion, no heart, no one actually... It didn't seem like anybody wanted the ball. They didn't want that responsibility to take it forward. And the, the just there was no impetus at all, was there, really? They didn't feel like they wanted to be there. And just a little reflection on the League Cup as well, which was another source of frustration this season. I mean... Mm. As Newcastle fans, it's horrible to say, but we've all got used to doing bugger all in the Cups under Mike Ashley. We know that we don't get very far in them because they're not a priority. But to get to the League Cup quarter-final this season and then and have Brentford, so therefore, you know, we're championship side now. Don't get me wrong, Brentford, one of the better teams in the championship and hopefully they'll win the playoff final and come up. I think we'd I, all like to see Yeah, I'd really like them to be back in the top flight. It'd be, it'd be a really nice, uh, different team compared to, you know, the Fulhams and West Broms and Norwiches that we see every year. Do you know what I really want? I really want them to play like a first team, like a, sorry, first division team play against a premiership team. Because have you seen when they're on telly? It's like a rugby match. I want that. <laughs> I'm all for that. I want to see them effing and jeffing at the other players and literally rugby tackling them. I think I, it'd just be amazing. Sorry, I digress. Go on, continue. Go on, but, Brentford. No, it's just, you know, it's, <laughs> it's frustrating to, to have the chance of getting to a cup semi-final and you've got lower league opposition, even if it is a good lower league opposition. And the way we played in that game when we lost 1-0 to them, just uh, it's just just frustrating, just such a missed opportunity. Um, it was, and it was a great position for you to be in at the time but don't worry your second team won you a trophy this season I mean it's literally the only thing I can really be happy about this season for Leicester because they're <laughs> I mean honestly listeners Leicester winning the FA Cup is probably the closest I will ever get and what else did we win the Premier League five years ago we know yeah. it was amazing it was literally the greatest achievement in sporting history yes. I know don't, I, I don't, live don't this every day me. listeners don't besmirch me for, for, for just bringing it up again <laughs> Because you're like, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cara's actually probably quite secretly glad that Newcastle never won anything because I will never shut up about it you if won't. it happens. You won't. You're 100%. But it's not going to happen to you that before. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I've already won. We've already won two, so you've got to get two so you can start like shouting from the rooftops. Three, actually. I, one will be enough. I don't care. <laughs> Do you want me to make you one out of four? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> In terms of the Premier League, look, um, I sort of I went through all the fixtures again and kind of you could quite easily break our season down into three sort of decisive chunks. It's so weird though that it is split in such decisive chunks, isn't it? Because what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the thing because I was actually feeling fairly optimistic after the first eleven games, which never happens. <laughs> I know, and it, and then Newcastle reminded me why I never feel optimistic. <laughs> Because after 11 games, we had 17 points. That's that's decent mid-table form. That is going to get you solidly mid-table, possibly even you know 7th or 8th, potentially, that kind of form if you can sustain it over the whole season. We were only four points off the top four. Yeah. And we were 11 clear of the bottom three. 
Any fights? Yeah, th- things honestly were looking pretty good. And then we went on this absolutely... <laughs> absolute bender. Mind-numbingly <laughs> appalling run of 19 seconds. games where we won just twice. This was a period from the 12th of December till the 11th of April. That is four full months of, of condensed fixtures, remember, yeah. in which Newcastle won two Premier League games. How? How? More pundits and reporters and anyone other than a Newcastle fan was not crying for a new manager. I just, I mean, how, how? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can't be understated just how dismal that one was. And literally anyone else would have been sacked in that situation. In fact, at most clubs, you don't need anything close to that bad to be sacked. I mean, Brendan Rodgers was, was being called to be sacked by various Leicester fans at, at one point this season because we weren't doing great. And then it wasn't anywhere near as bad as this rough patch, seems to be putting it mildly, this spike trap. Yeah, and, and the doubly frustrating thing as well is that we know that the reason why Steve Bruce was allowed to stay is because he is basically just a yes man for Mike Ashley. Mm-hmm. He's one of the only managers around who's actually willing to put up with Mike Ashley's nonsense. I mean, is anybody really? I mean, God, that man is just... Exactly. So therefore, it doesn't matter how bad Bruce does, because they know that they basically have a loyal puppet, a patsy, essentially, in the hot seat. They're not going to get rid of him. Maybe if we'd gone down, they would. Maybe. But honestly, it wouldn't have even surprised me if they'd have let him stay in charge then. So limp, bloody wristed. It was like having a handshake with someone, and you know when they just they just kind of melt and they've got that weird sticky top hand. It's <laughs> like, who the hell are you? Are you even human? It was just pathetic, and he just kind of throw players under the bus. Even that moment when he threw Richie under the bus, he took no responsibility for it, it, it on himself. Yeah, and I mean that the absolute nadir of that that dreadful run was that three that shocking 3-0 defeat to Brighton. Honestly, one of the worst games I've ever seen from Newcastle. And that's saying something, because I've seen some stinkers over the years. Ladies, I mean, I've seen you angry. I've seen you angry, and my God. It, it was like anger and melancholy at the same time. Just the, I didn't even the, want to be in the room. <laughs> the approach to that game genuinely is unforgivable. Yeah, it was it was yours to take, or is yours at least, because you were doing so bad, it was yours to bring to the table. And they didn't even you didn't even put your bibs on. And yeah, we didn't try, we didn't push them, we didn't attack, nothing. And then to paint a picture after that game, we were two points clear of the drop with nine mostly, as we know, very difficult games still to play. It absolutely, absolutely looked like we were going down. And again, what the fuck happened after that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I'm almost loath to actually give any of them credit now after talking about that because I'm angry all over again. <laughs> but, yeah, then we – I mean, if we'd have played – the last nine games, we, again, picked up 17 points. If we'd have played that well throughout the whole season, again, we actually could have had a really decent, enjoyable campaign. We could have finished – I mean, look, I know 12th in some ways is fairly comfortable mid-table, but we could have potentially been top half. We could have actually been, less squeaky been proud of the team. We could have actually enjoyed ourselves. It makes it doubly frustrating for how well you played. And that can't, we, 
it yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter like they say let, let's forget let's forget Bruce let's say you suddenly had a really inspirational manager brought in um or someone who put the fear of God into your players whatever and he turned them around oh, that wouldn't be enough to explain how much better you played so what was happening in the in the in between because I mean, it honestly, was like, it beats the hell out of me. I... Because Bruce clearly didn't do anything too different. Maybe he just like said, "Oh, I'm going to put the gloves on, put some other gloves on." I well, of course. I mean, he said that in January, and it was still another three months till we won. And, uh, <laughs> started yeah, winning. I, properly I know, then, but so. I swear he said it like three times. Oh, now we're going to put the gloves on. Like, still mittens. Um, but it was just like what the players hadn't changed you got some of your injury injury injured players I mean, obviously yes that that was a big part of it but but that's not enough of a reason for there was no organization there was no effort i don't care how bad your players are just fucking put in an in some in effort you know some some actual care and you would have done better and we've said it before and we'll say it again as long as you actually play as if you want to win it doesn't actually matter what the result is because you will, you will feel that newcastle has played to they have played well. Yeah. But we couldn't... Um, I would love to find a Newcastle fan who can actually tell me that they thought in that patch you played all right. No, exactly. And, and don't because you'd be lying. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong, listeners. I am absolutely delighted that we finished the season so strongly. I'm delighted with the way we played for most of those games, the Arsenal one notwithstanding, because that was pretty awful as well. Yeah, well. But... <laughs> For the vast majority of those, we, you know, it was great, and I'm I, I am not complaining at that, and I am very happy that that was the way that we ended the season. But it definitely papers over some pretty worrying and pretty significant cracks. So I almost feel like you didn't deserve it, and that's awful to say because I I do want Newcastle to remain in in the, in the Premier League. That is where they should be. They shouldn't be anywhere in the position that that you are now as a club. Um, but you know, other other the other teams that got relegated, arguably, obviously, I'm not going to talk about Sheffield, but arguably, well, <laughs> had a better season. Well, to be fair, after that Brighton game, we I actually saw a, a pretty remarkable stat before the game against Fulham on Sunday that if we hadn't actually picked up another point after that, we would still have been. Uh, on level with Fulham into the final game. That's how Fulham just stopped picking up points. Which is a shame because they were so good. Um, um, I know, for one, you were very, very worried. Yeah, well, they were going to overtake at one point, Newcastle. they were improving under Scott Parker. We were going nowhere. It really did all like they were going to overtake us. And then, unfortunately for them, their sort of the slight purple batch came to an end and we certainly had a, a, a significant one. So... I was obviously probably expecting a bit too much from Fulham when I was really worried that we were going to go down, but that is the way it looked at the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, strong end to the season, which, believe me, listeners, I, re- I have to stress this again, I am really happy with the way we ended the season. But it's so frustrating when we look at everything else. But, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of underlying frustration there, and I, it annoys me that there's going to be a lot of pundits out there, that the type that will defend Steve Bruce through thick and thin, and they'll just see... They look at the final table and, yes, you can point out, yes, we scored some more goals. Yes, we actually got an extra point. Yes, we not only finished a place higher, but we actually finished 12th, which all told isn't isn't too bad. 
But they're not. They they will completely forget that run in the middle of the season. They will completely forget the Brighton game and and the Arsenal game and and plenty more here and there. In many ways, Newcastle were unlucky that lots of other teams struggled this season. Because I think if, if other teams hadn't had injury problems, um, financial problems, so not being able to get players in, and weren't struggling because of COVID restrictions and all that stuff. And definitely feeling the lack of fans. Because I think a lot of teams did really feel the loss of having their 12th man there. I mean, I think Bruce got away with it. The fact that the Newcastle fans weren't in St James's Park for the whole season. Could you imagine in that middle period if they had fans? It would have become incredibly toxic. And maybe then Ashley might have pulled the trigger. But then again... Mike Ashley doesn't care what Newcastle fans think because he's made that perfectly clear over the last 14 years. But anyway... Has it it been that long? (laughs) How depressing. Anyway. Before we get on to our end-of-season grades, I do just want to give some players a shout-out who I think absolutely deserve one. Obviously, Callum Wilson being one of the major ones. Yeah. So, again, such a shame that he he didn't manage to finish the season. Um, But, you know, that's unfortunate. So, 12 goals, though. Five assists from 23 Premier League starts and those 12 goals were mainly in the period when the rest of your team was a trash fire rolling downhill. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, but, you know, for for him to do that, I think, I mean, first of all, I think that's an impressive record for most teams. In a team of ours, a team that does not attack, that has very little about them, let's face it, that's a really good record. So he was always dangerous as well, wasn't he? He's very clinical, and that's a we haven't had too many clinical players in recent years. So he's been an incredible signing. Honestly, he's been the main reason we've stayed up this season, and honestly, probably the best twenty million pounds Newcastle have ever spent. Because is that it? That was a bit of a bargain, to be honest. In today's money, I think probably just because of his you know his injury record and things, and obviously he's not a, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but. What a player, and I just hope we can keep hold of him for the next three, three or four years. I think he will. I don't think he's going to go anywhere anytime soon. And obviously, as we've already mentioned, massive shout-out to Joe Willock. Eight goals, 14 appearances. Mm, just, I've really got my fingers crossed that he doesn't get sucked into the quagmire of the reserves for Arsenal. Yeah. Because it'll be such a shame, and it'll be a massive loss for, for England and England's national team. Yep. Uh, obviously, ASM as well. Now, only three goals and five assists for him this season in, in 19 Premier League starts. Now, we know that he could be a little bit more productive in front of goal, but to to suggest other, um, that that's all he brings is to really do him a disservice because, as we've said you know, in, in previous weeks, he is one of those players who, who makes things happen in the final third. Even if he doesn't get the assist or the he goal, starts it. he's usually started the move or, or had a significant impact on it. He drives us up the pitch with that dribbling and with that pace. What, and, and what for, an exciting player. Exactly. And for a lot of the season, obviously Wilson isn't the fastest person in the world, but for a lot of that season, Wilson either wasn't playing with him, Jolington wasn't really doing anything, and he had no one else of a similar pace to, to run with him. Obviously, that change with Willock, which just gave you that other option. Willock coming charging through the middle, Sam Maximum charging up through the middle. It, that that was the significant difference. And again, just another thing that, you know, it might not be a tangible thing like a goal and assist, but he's actually just a player who brings that excitement and entertainment. And that, at, the, at the end of the day, that 
is what fans want. That is what football is, is really all about. And he's the kind of player you want in your team. I don't care if you, I don't care if you're Man City. I think every team should want a player like Sam Maximan in their team just to really spring the fun because sometimes I think we kind of lose that a bit and certainly Newcastle have in recent years because <laughs> Jesus. But anyway, just wanted to give him a shout out and I mean you want to say anything. Doing, doing oh no! I want I want the fun at the other end of the pitch. That, that's fun and stressful at the same time because when it when it gets pulled off, it's amazing and hilarious. But when it doesn't, it's horrific. <laughs> and another player, actually, I just wanted to just give a small shout out to. Obviously, he's not a Sam Maxman. He's not a Willock. He's not a Wilson. But Jacob Murphy, a player we've both had our reservations and doubts about in the Premier League. Yeah, it's fair to say. Especially in your rough patch, I genuinely thought, what a waste of space. But he really, really did turn it around. And, you know, I'm mad enough to say, yeah, that, you know, I was wrong. The fact that he some, he's played so well and with massive work rate as well. Yeah, some key goals and key assists as well, like proper match-winning impacts. And, you know, he's a winger. He's been playing a wing-back for most of the season. And... He's he's really come good, I think, in the, in the latter parts of this season, and he's proved me wrong. And I just I hope he can build on that uh, in the seasons to come because I say he has really impressed me. To be fair, yeah. On a similar note, the amount of trash we dumped on Dolington kind of turned it around, didn't he? <laughs> Maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel for him. He definitely showed and used his physicality. He definitely improved in his confidence on and off the ball. And still think he could move a bit more. But, but definitely, I do think he, he did play very well in those last nine games. And I think that does deserve some recognition. And I mean, only four Premier League goals. That's not great by anyone's standards. But yeah, it's literally <laughs> twice as many Premier League goals as he got in his first season. So I say, I'm hoping for eight next year. <laughs> and the other two, Matt Ritchie and Paul Dummett. Now, Paul Dummett has been... Fairly steady for you. Um, and Matt Ritchie is a pretty much a work engine. He's the player that will do a lot of running to and throw him. He might not necessarily get the assist. He might not necessarily do an important cross, but he's the one you can rely on. He's, he's the busy man. Yeah. And every team needs one. He's reliable. As you say, his work rate, you can't you can't deny that. I'm um, not saying he's a Kante, but he kind of fulfills a bit of that role. And bonus, he looks like Gordon Ramsay. That's not it's fucking raw. <laughs> well, you have to go in Hell's Kitchen a bit, didn't you? Like, Hell's football. The yeah, Hell's Jesus. of Newcastle. And, you know, he did get dumped on as well, didn't he? He got proper thrown under the bus. Yes, he did. By the coward Steve Bruce. Yeah. And we all know how that ended with a shoulder barge. And... When Matt Ritchie was injured forever. We've never seen him since. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Some say still lying on, flat on that train ground. <laughs> But I, I think I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. He, he has really worked hard this season, even when you were playing badly, and he came on the pitch. I, I really thought he he was um, the player that was trying the most. And Fraser, when he wasn't injured, mm. Fraser really impressed me. It's yeah. a shame I didn't see enough of him. I, I really season. want to see more of Ryan Fraser next season. I I just I hope that we can really get that assist machine that he was at Bournemouth. You know, get, get, it, get him fit, it. get him fit, get him on the pitch for, for longer periods. And I, I want to see that because we, we need someone who can be that productive. Yeah, and, and he was also a, a lethal on that wing. 
He really was. And some of the crosses he put in were excellent. Again, I feel like I only saw him for maybe five games. I don't know how many matches he actually played, but it didn't feel like that many. Yeah. Uh, so as I say, let's hope that, quite plain and simply, he's on the pitch more next season. Yeah. And in terms of our end of season grades, I have gone with a C- minus for Newcastle. Now, I'm only giving it a quote-unquote passing grade because we did stay up. He also doesn't understand the new system of GCC grades. I'm old school, A to C. That's how we're doing it. A, A to F, A to F, A to F. All right. Or you, you know, unmarked. <laughs> All right, in that case, Steve Bruce gets a Oh, yeah, in that case for everybody. And um, Barry, you've gone with? I've gone with a D because there's clearly no improvement. This is the, um, the bright star students come up to secondary school, feels like they know everything, does really well, realises when they have to learn new things in year eight and year nine that, oh, actually, I don't, don't really know what I'm doing, doesn't put in any effort. Yeah, nine and ten, they feel like, oh, yeah, whatevs. I do it doesn't matter to me. And then they realise that in year 11, they cannot be taught three years <laughs> of, of stuff for GCC in, in that six, five months they've got remaining. Panics, does a lot of revision, scrapes it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, can't, I, can't, I can't disagree. And I think what, what we both agree on, a lot of room for improvement next season. But the, we, the thing is, we know they can do it. We know it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I want to see us start next season the way we finish this one. It's the potential. It's the potential. And they're not fulfilling it. So, but yeah, we, we are. Just a reminder, though, Newcastle, we have been probably quite negative. Newcastle are safe and we did have a good end to the season. Yeah. Um, yay. <laughs> uh, now, Obviously, we're at the end of the season now. Thanks for sticking with us, by the way, listeners. And we're looking forward to having you back next season. Uh, in the meantime, obviously, because there's not going to be as much to talk about, uh, we're only going to be doing a podcast once every other week. And we're going to try and get on some special guests. We're going to try and look at sort of moments from Newcastle's past, maybe even a quick mention of the uh, Anglo-Italian Cup and other special things to look forward to, such yeah, as that. Back in the Stone Ages, we'll get some really old dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people who have much longer memories than we do. And obviously, we'll keep you up to date with the complete lack of transfer news that there will be. You've got Chowdhury, potentially. Comes to Chowdhury. I want well, it was a rumour. There's nothing no, more than that. I want him to step up. He's going he's to become the new Shelby with her. Um, he's going to be much better than Shelby. That's I mean, he'll balance cool. out the, the Shelby. Yeah, the, between the two of them, they actually have like a normal amount of hair. Yeah. But, I, you know, I love Hamza Chowdhury. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great player. He does go in for absolutely lethal looking challenges and I want to see this more in the Premier League. I want him to take the new crown of red cards from Shelby because Shelby hasn't got sent off enough for his pointless tackles. So, come on, Chowdhury. Also, let's be honest. That's the amount of opportunity and chance you've got to get a transfer this season. Yeah, that was the sound of tumbleweed drifting by as Mike Ashley doesn't. By anyone. And the moth. That comes out of his wallet. Muttering, yeah. (laughs) Until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted. And if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that'd be absolutely amazing. We do need some positivity. We promise we're not as depressing as people are. (laughs) Do not call the Samaritans for us. You're not relegated. Newcastle not relegated. It's all fine. We stayed up, yeah! <laughs> In the meantime, I have been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks again, Cara. No worries. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye.
This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.